Today, today starts a new year, 2023, and, and it's kind of exciting that on a new year, with everything starting and, and newness and freshness, well, some think it's new and fresh and exciting, Right? Some anticipate January 1st just to get a fresh slate. Those resolutions, those goals. Finally be able to get rid of that 2022 and put a 23 and and just that, that mark of freshness, right? And others are are thinking about the adventures that come, and maybe they're not so excited about the adventures. Maybe those adventures bring fear uncertainty. Maybe there's a lot of unknowns ahead and the unknowns that you're seeing on the horizon are, are ones that, well, look very dark and scary. Regardless, I, I understand that on a day like today, for those that will actually wake up after spending you know, late hours celebrating and bringing in the new year, that, that there is something for each of us in, in the message today. Regardless of how the outlook of 2023 looks for you, today is day one. Today is day one. And as we approach this day, as we approach this year, I want you to remember something. I want you to remember the power of our God. You and I serve a powerful God. If we fail to realize the power that the God that we serve has, then everything that we will look at today will be meaningless. It won't make sense. In fact, we will shrug it off saying, nah. We have to come today to our passage to the Scriptures even this year as we approach it, recognizing the power of our God. Paul, in in this passage in Philippians today, is, is speaking of a magnificent power, of a magnificent God. And, and I, I feel sometimes... We, we come to the scriptures, we come and hear a message, we sing some amazing songs, and, and by the way, I did not get together with Nathan and, and Krista as they put together the song set for today, but man, as I was in there this morning listening to the songs, I am scribbling notes all over my, my notes this morning. It just lined up beautifully. I mean, think about the power of God. And then we sing a song like the Lion and the Lamb. The Lion of Judah. Is that the God you need this morning? 
The one you can call the Lion of Judah? Or do you need to draw close to the God who is the Lamb? Good news, He's both! And we got to sing a song about it. But sometimes we sing a song and we fail to realize and remember the true power of that God. I appreciate Paul in in our passage today, the power that he speaks to. The power to subject all things to himself. This is not a new concept. He pulls this from the prophet Isaiah. Isaiah 45, 23 says this, I have sworn by myself. This is God speaking. The word has gone forth from my mouth in righteousness and will not turn back. That to me, every knee will bow, every tongue will swear allegiance. What a powerful passage. Paul would remind the church in Rome as they they were under a vicious dictator of this very power. Look at Romans 14, 11. He writes to this church, for it is written. I love how Paul, when he's trying to encourage the saints, he goes, for it is written. He takes them to the scripture. Let me encourage you. If you're encouraging someone this coming year, which odds are somebody around you will need encouragement, take them to the scriptures. For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall give praise to God. Every. That doesn't leave anyone out. Paul himself, as he was writing to the Philippians, if you remember in verse, or chapter 2, verse 10, said this, So that at the name of Jesus... Notice it's God that they're going to worship. And then he's saying, at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And the God you and I serve has the power to subject all things, all people to himself. That is the power of this God that you and I serve or should serve because one day the knee will bow it's all too easy for us to pick up this book to look at this God that that we read about sing about pray to, worship. It's all too easy to come to this God and be comfortable with Him. So comfortable that we place Him off in a corner until we need Him. He's powerful, we know it. We set Him over there so we can do our thing. And then when we need Him, there's an emergency. Life is hard. We go and grab our God And we say, God, I need this. And we treat him like some cosmic genie. Oh, folks, our God is far greater. Far more powerful 
than that. As we start 2023, if I could have chose any passage to come to and consider as, as we begin this year, I am thrilled that our passage landed where it is. You know, it's pretty exciting when, when I put these messages together and plan for them months in advance and I look at where something falls and I'm like, oh, God, that is amazing. That, that's wonderful. This was one of those passages. I'd encourage you to turn in your copy of God's Word to the book of Philippians as we conclude chapter 3 beginning in verse 17. Paul begins this way. Brethren, join in following my example. And observe those who walk according to the pattern you have in us. For many walk, of whom I've often told you, and now tell you, even weeping, that they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their appetite. And whose glory is in their shame. Who set their mind on earthly things. For our citizenship is in heaven. From which also we eagerly wait for a Savior. The Lord Jesus Christ who will transform the body of our humble state into conformity with the body of his glory. By the exertion of the power that he has even to subject all things to himself. So what does power have to do with our walk? Oh, everything. Everything. Because what Paul is challenging us in this passage is only capable with the power of God. Orienteering. We're jumping right into orienteering. Some of the young men in, in trail life are going, ooh, something I understand. Cool. Or maybe they're going, I don't quite have that down yet. My son was, was excited and sharing with someone that at the, uh, the state competition that trail life gets life gets to go to that they took first place in orienteering using maps and compasses that's what orienteering is and um you know i love orienteering i used to teach survival and outdoor skills and all of that i tell you what if there was one outdoor skill i had to to narrow down that i was allowed to teach and could teach nothing else it would be orienteering there is no better class that, that correlates so beautifully with, with our life, our walk, our God, and just choices that, that we have to make on a day-to-day -day basis. Orienteering. 
um, I've, I've helped or trying to help you. On your seats, there's a picture of, of a compass there. Uh, you can grab a pen and start marking. Uh, we are going to have a quick orienteering 101 class this morning. You're like, what does this have to do with our passage? Oh my goodness, everything. All right? So, in, in order to, um, to, to teach you here, let's, let's go to this slide here. And, and what I want you to do is, is hold up your compass for me, okay? Everybody hold up your compass. No, that's the sheet of paper that has a compass on it, okay? No, hold up your compass, Oh, see? Oh, some of you are getting it now, huh? Okay, that was a trick, but good job. You have your compasses in hand, okay? And um, I, have, I have this one up here, which is a real compass. Um, <laughs> had, to, had to dig through uh, multiple uh, rooms and, and stuff to find one yesterday. <laughs> we don't use it much in the winter. Um, but let me, let me start by explaining... A compass. It's, it's used to assist in the direction you go. The path that you take. That's why when I asked you to hold up your compass, I held this. We're going to come back to this. But... So you understand the correlation. I want to go over some of the parts of this compass. It's interesting. A lot of people have held a compass and looked at one and and even tried to use one. And they always try to go where that red magnetic needle right here that spins around in there. They always try to follow that. And that is wonderful if you are trying to go to Magnetic North. It really stinks and makes things difficult if you're trying to go west. So there is a way. But that magnetic needle will always point to Magnetic North. It is your constant in your compass. You and I have a constant in our lives, do we not? I was sharing with some this morning as, as, you know, talking about what the new year holds and the uncertainties. There is one certainty that we have. It is our God. Our God does not change. It is His Word. It does not change. Aren't you glad that approaching 2023, we have a constant In your compass, that constant, that magnetic needle is invaluable. The next thing is the orienteering arrow right here, okay? It's the the shape of an arrow in your compass. That is, is part of the dial. Okay, and you have the degree dial here. The the orienteering arrow is very important. You you need to keep the magnetic needle in that arrow in order to maintain 
the direction, the path that you are going on. If the magnetic needle comes out of that orienteering arrow, you begin to go a different direction. And that dial. The dial is really important. Because remember I said, what happens if you want to go west? Well, you will turn that dial, and you will turn it until you get to 270 degrees. Once you turn it to 270 degrees, this orienteering arrow is going to be pointing this way. You will now take that compass and you will turn until the magnetic needle is once again in the orienteering arrow. It's much easier if you actually have a compass that's working in your hand to see it. So I encourage you, if you want to learn one of these, come and talk to one of our young men that's in trail life. They'll be happy to show you. But the dial is turned to adjust the course that you need to take. One last part, and there's many parts to a compass, but one last part I want to mention, the direction of travel arrow. This is a fun one because, once again, it doesn't move on the compass. You point that arrow in the direction you want to go. Let me, let me say that again. You point that arrow in the direction you want to go. If I want to go that way, I have to point that arrow that way. I have to adjust the degree. I have to adjust the dial so that I am going and setting that course. A good tip. Point that arrow at something in the distance that you can see, that you continue to look at. Because as you go, you will keep your eyes on that mark. It points to the direction that you want to go, your goal. We're all about setting goals this time of year, aren't we? January 1st is a great day and, and time for, for goals and directions and, and new directions and new weight and new this and new, all sorts of stuff. Be careful where you point that travel arrow. I have found that the direction you point it is typically the direction you go. So I want to do just a couple of rules and then we'll look at our passage, how it correlates to this compass. First rule of using a compass. Use it. I'm being serious. This is the one mistake. People take this compass and they're like, I've got a compass. Whew. All right, let's go. And they just start going. They just start walking, and then all of a sudden they find themselves in, in this hole, in this valley, in this dark place, and they're like, okay. They haven't been using it. Which way did you come from? Which way do you need to go? 
If you're going to use a compass, use it. It's not beneficial unless you use it. Learn how to use it. That's, that's crucial, but, but use it. Second rule, choose the right direction. You choose the wrong direction and you will be walking straight in the wrong direction. Choose the right direction. Choose your coordinates wisely. Third rule. Keep your eyes focused on the goal. The destination. Keep your eyes focused on that. So many... Oh, oh, I put it in here. That's right. So many have a tendency to use a compass like this. Okay, going that way and go. And they look down the whole time, not looking at the focus. Camera's going, ah, lost him. Sorry. Don't look down. Look at the goal. When I would teach this class, so many would look down. You know what happens if you're just looking at this thing? First of all, everything else disappears. Trees right in front of you, bam! I've seen it happen. They'll run right into it. I've seen kids trip over logs or fall into gopher holes. Why? Because they're just doing this. It's important. You need to be looking at this. In fact, that goes into rule number four. Always be checking your orientation arrow. Make sure that needle's staying in there because it's so easy to, to get off course. But here's the thing. When you realize you're off course, I have seen so many do this. They're like, oh no! The arrow's not in it, and they turn the compass. Oh, whew! And then they keep walking. You need to adjust your direction, not the compass, your direction, so that you walk in the right direction. So many of us come to our compass. We're walking through life and we're like, oh, the compass is off. Let's change the compass. Let's change what God's word says. Instead of going, oh, I need to change. It's so easy to try to change the compass instead of change your direction. Oh, there's so many illustrations with a compass. Orienteering. But as you orienteer, you walk. You move. And I have seen where those who are using it or following one using it Walk well, some walk poorly. I'd highly recommend learning how to use one well. Paul, in this passage, encourages readers with three things. First and foremost, follow good examples. 
Secondly, avoid an earthly walk. And thirdly, pursue, strive for a heavenly walk. Paul says, follow my example. Did you see that? Man, I tell you what. When I, when I would come to these, these passages younger and I would read these things following my example, I'm like, I'll follow you, Paul. Boy, I would never want to tell people to follow me. Because there's this, there's this, there's this, there's this that i got to correct and take care of. God finally knocked me upside the head with a two-by-four and says, Yeah, you need people to follow you and you need to change this, 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 and this. I had to adjust my course. Paul's saying, follow my example. Follow me. What a statement. What a statement for you and I. Can you say, in in regards to our spiritual walk, to those around you, follow me, follow my example? I, I love that we're not only challenged to follow. Paul, and Paul's saying that as, as he is following Christ, follow me. He's already been telling the, the Philippian readers of, of his, his dedication to following Christ. To live is Christ. To die, well, that's gain. I get to be with him. But to live is Christ. He's already following Christ. Now he says to the Philippians, follow my example. But not only that, Look what it says. And observe those who walk according to our pattern. Observe. Look for others. Who around you is following according to the pattern of God's Word? I was was encouraged... Greatly, I was told recently of some of our our high school students. They were listening to some devotions and things being taught from God's Word. And as they heard those things taught by this individual, they were like, well, that's not what that passage is about. They were able to observe that what was being the direction that was going is not what God's Word was saying. They're like, huh. I am so proud of them that they would go back to God's word, go back to the scriptures, the pattern of, that, that we are given in God's word. Because here's the thing, Paul knew that he himself was capable of failing. He himself was capable of going the wrong direction. So he says, look to God's word, follow this example. Follow the pattern that's set here for you. And if I'm going that direction, follow me. Here's the key. If somebody is holding a compass, it doesn't necessarily mean you follow that person. True statement. It's so much fun. I have actually done this in a class where I gave everybody the same coordinate except one. And I usually gave it to the kind of class leader, you know, the kid that was everybody kind of naturally followed. It was so much fun to give that person another coordinate. 
And then, everybody else, you know, they're going in the right direction. They're seeing that. And they start following. It is fascinating to watch. We are so tempted to follow because of charisma. We are tempted to follow because of popularity. Because, oh, it sounds so good. Well, they have a different coordinate. And we so quickly abandon what God's Word says because of the charisma, the popularity. And what's really interesting is that one kid that decides, this is what I sent my compass to, and he's still walking. And all the other kids in the class are like, <laughs> yeah. They're laughing at him, and every step is so hard for that, that individual to take. As they're mocked, as they're ridiculed, as everybody is showing up over at this point, and they're over there, and you can almost see the tears begin to well as they doubt their decision, as they doubt their compass. And then, oh, what a moment as a teacher to come over and say, well done. Well done. You followed your compass. They followed the crowd. And then there's all these excuses. Paul says, follow me. Avoid that earthly walk. Because you see, when, when we follow the charisma, when we follow the crowd or the popular thing, well, we begin to pursue that earthly walk. It's so tempting. But Paul says, avoid this. Avoid those with that mindset. And as Paul is even thinking about those who have, who have gone that direction, he, he thinks of them and remembers them with weeping. You had the Word. You had God's Word in your hand. You saw it black and white. You followed the crowd. You followed your desires. You followed that earthly mindset. Did you see how, how Paul labels those? Those individuals who have, have made the decision to follow that mindset? Enemies of God. They oppose the very cross of Jesus Christ. They're in opposition. When you and I choose our walk, we have to be very careful. We can quickly find ourselves walking in a direction that opposes Jesus Christ, opposes the very standard of God's Word. And he said three things very blatant about it. The end is destruction. Where they end up is not good. Their God, oh, he even speaks to their God. It 
appreciate what Nathan shared in, 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 in the worship through song this morning. How, how so quickly our God can become ourselves rather than keeping God on the throne, remembering his power. It says their God is their appetite. The things they desire, the things that they want, the pleasures of this world. We've all fallen susceptible to it. I would venture to say, and, and I'm not saying they're bad, but as, as one looks at one's New Year resolutions or goals, we could even look at some of those goals and go, oh, those goals really have an earthly mindset rather than a heavenly mindset. See, it's a way of thinking. says their glory is their shame they brag about shameful things they look at their life and they're like look at this and they're excited about it and God looks and says that doesn't even bring shame (coughs) and it breaks the heart of God these folks have set that direction of travel arrow and they've pointed it not to a goal not to the destination directly in front directly in front instant gratification i want this yeah i want this yeah and they keep setting it and they go nowhere For all the things that they desire and pursue, they find themselves in want. Why do they do this? Because they've set their minds on earthly things, temporary things. Paul says, Avoid that earthly walk. Avoid it. Don't go there. It breaks God's heart and it's temporary. So, how do we adjust that? Well, Paul tells the Romans that we're to renew our thinking. Renew our thinking and pursue a heavenly walk. Pursue a heavenly walk. There we go. I liked what Nathan said, never going to let me down. You know, sometimes we think the heavenly walk is just this blissful walk. We almost think of skipping through the park with flower petals just floating around. That perfect 74 degrees. Maybe a light breeze. That's that's not the heavenly walk. This life is not blissful. Remember Paul's situation here? He's not in a blissful situation. 
Oh, but his mindset. Paul has learned how to use his compass. How to hold to the truth. To keep that consistent word of God and God himself at the center. And his mind is set on eternity. See, we walk differently, we live differently, we think differently when our mindset is set on things of eternal things. Paul says, don't you remember your citizenship? It's in heaven. You and I are children of God. When we enter into that relationship, we are called part of his family. We're drawn into that. He says your citizenship is in heaven. We, we look forward to, to the things of eternity with a renewed mind, with a fresh look. And we are excited about pursuing those things. Why? Because they are already ours. And Paul's confident of this. Paul was looking forward to that renewed body. It's kind of funny. We were playing board games last night, and oh my goodness, we started talking about body parts that are aching, our back and this and that. And, you know, the longer we live, the more we look forward to that renewed body, don't we? Oh, I thought for sure I'd get an amen on that one. Wow. You know, we do. But it's not only just the physical. It is the glorious of being transformed into the likeness of our Savior, Jesus Christ. No more of of the stain of sin that's, that's constantly pulling at us. But being transformed. And Paul's trying to tell them, listen... You can have this even now as you hold on to that, as you keep that in your sights. Take that first step in that direction, in that walk. Day in, day out. The goal. Problem is we set wrong goals. We set wrong directions. Because the direction of looking to eternity is hard. It's not here yet. We want something we can hold on to. We want something we can see. We want to pursue those things that give the desire and and gratification now. Paul's saying, no, look at the goal. Look at the destination. Set your sights on that. And we do it through the power of God. We do it with a mind set on Christ, a mind set on heaven, eternity. Not the temporary that fades away. It's amazing how quickly 2022 faded away, isn't it? It's interesting, the ones that have lived longer said it went by even faster. The things of this life are temporary. Eternity's forever. 
our walk. It's day one. It's day one of 2023. All of us are walking. All of us are going in a direction. Some, some of you need to adjust that travel arrow. Some of you need to adjust the direction in which you are going. Don't try to turn and twist this. You be the one to change direction. Some need to remember and recognize the power of the God that we serve, who is here, who is our constant. Some just need to remember who they are. Your citizenship. You're a child of God. And I think all of us need to remember rule one of using a compass. Use it. It's day one. Let's take that first step today, shall we? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, walking. You've called us to walk with you. From the very beginning, God, you would come with Adam and Eve and walk with them. And they with you. And your son came to restore that relationship that once again we could walk with you. God, I pray that we would follow you step by step. God, that we would be faithful to, to use the scriptures which you have given us to, as we pursue each step along the way. And God, I pray for each one here listening that they would learn to follow you in such a way, God, that we could call others to follow us. Follow us as we follow you. Oh God, may we be good followers. May we learn to walk with you. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. The third